Welcome to Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. I'm your host, Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist and President and CEO of Paradium. My teams and I redefine success for purpose-driven families and businesses by challenging social norms and balancing family and finance to build kingdom impact and generational prosperity. I believe that there are families and businesses that have learned to give a new definition to the word success from a kingdom perspective. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 20 to 30 minutes where we take traditional thinking and turn it upside down. Welcome everyone. This is Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist. We're here again for another episode of Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. And today I've got James Danella with me, who is the CEO of Media Vision Advertising. And we've already been having a conversation up front and just have had some similar experiences along the journey of redefining success. And he's kind of te- teased me a little bit about some of the stories he's going to tell. So you want to stick around because I'm excited to find out because he just keeps telling me, hey, well, this happened and this happened. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to talk about it or maybe I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to get him to talk about as much as we can. So stick around because this is going to be just a fantastic time today. So James, thank you so much for being with me. Oh, Eric, thank you very much for having me. It's going to be a pleasure. I'm excited about this. Uh, Me too. Me too. Um, So James, I, I I like to tell everyone, I consider my audience my friends. And so the most, I I live in South Louisiana and everything around here centers around food. So the best way to get my friends together is for a Saturday afternoon barbecue. I've got the burgers on, I've got hot dogs going, depending on the season, we might even have a crawfish boil set up. Um, But I've invited all my friends over. So would you please introduce yourself to my friends? Well, I'm in Nashville, so I very much get that whole environment. So I'm excited. Well, hey, everybody. So I'm James, and uh, I, um, I'm a person of faith. The first thing you should probably know about me, I've got a wife and three kids. And none of them are here today, so I get to eat with y'all without them, <laughs> which is a rare moment, so I actually get to speak. Uh, my kids are 18, 16, and 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's heading off to college uh, right now. She's about to go to Shenandoah University. My son is still, he'll be a senior next year. He's figuring out where he's going. They both play sports. They're both like straight A kids. I am very blessed in that regard. I have no idea where they came from. No clue. (laughs) Uh, uh, My youngest wants to rule the world. And uh, she's the reason I have a little bit of gray going on. So uh, about me, I've been in marketing for a very long time, almost 40 years. Yes, I started when I was two. (laughs) Uh, I, I came up on the corporate side. Uh, I, I, on the production of corporate side, making television and radio and stuff like that. And then halfway through my career, I crossed over to the agency side, which is rare in our industry. <clears throat> we don't usually do that. And the reason I say that is um, it's like a big faux pas. It's like, well, you have to be on one side or the other and mm-hmm. the other side's the enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what it did for me is it gave me a lot of diverse experience. And uh, it was funny because God was probably prepping me for what was to come. And when um, several events happened in my life, when I crossed over to the agency side, 
was around the time when 9-11 happened. I had just produced the Paralympics in Sydney, Australia in 2000. And my office was three blocks from the Trade Center. So that's a really long story. So I'll spare you. And if you want to go off on the side and have a soda and a burger together, we could do that. But I, I don't think now's the time. Okay. Uh, so what it did do to me is it ended my corporate career. And it took about a year of my life off. And I was blessed that my wife was gainfully employed still after 9-11. And uh, I opened my company, Media Vision Advertising, and we're now 20 years in business. But the funny part is, um, I will tell the story, Eric, I will. Yeah, yeah, please. Uh, my, my wife uh, was still working in the city, and I was trying to figure out what was next in my life. Because advertising went to L.A. and it went to Canada. And I'm not really a fan of LA. Sorry if you're on the West Coast. I apologize. Um, and Canada wouldn't take me. You know, you had to prove residency to get a, a job at my level or have the job first. And it was, it was complicated. So a pastor of mine, I was a worship leader in a church. And the pastor said, well, why don't you start your own business? And I said, what? <laughs> I was like, I am not a... I love what I do, but I yeah. don't have a clue. If you know me, I don't know anything about insurance or HR or any of that stuff. And I said, well, no, I don't want to do that. And he kept harping on me. Mm. And little by little, he, he wore me down and we started our company. So that's kind of like the inception of our company and how we got going. Uh, but God was involved the entire time. Mm. I didn't always, I wasn't always aware of it, to be honest. It, uh, but he had a hand in it. And we, so my wife and I went from too generous income to no income. And by the way, that was the year that we got pregnant when we started our company. And I am absolutely positive that God's got a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> so no income, baby on the way in a new business. Wow. And now the company is 20 years young. Uh, we have never not put food on the table, had a roof over the heads of our kids. So he has always provided. He, he makes it challenging. You know, mm. doesn't give me what I want. Always gives us what we need. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's how we got to where we are today. And that, that tells you a lot about my background and my family and a little bit about me. Yeah. Yeah. What, so tell me a little bit, would you look at like today and maybe even this journey that you've been on and this media vision advertising that you and your wife are running? Um, what are you most passionate about right now? I am telling my family to stop texting because that's what all those bing bings are. <laughs> well, I apologize. It's okay. So uh, ask me again. What are I'm, you passionate about? What are you passionate about right now? I have been passionate about what I, what I do for a living marketing since I was a little kid watching commercials. Yeah. You know, my dad, my dad used to say, uh, you'll never be in the industry. It, and I say, why? Because we don't know anybody. And it's that industry is all about nepotism and mm. said, just, you know, go work hard. And like, I came out of school, he put a suit on me and said, go get a job. You know, my undergrad was finance and management, but my heart was always in marketing. It always was. Uh, and I didn't realize it until I, walk, I was uh, dating a girl who was working in the industry. And I said, I could do that. And she's like, no, you can't. I was only 21. And I swear, I, I think she did it on purpose, but she hired me as a PA. So I literally started at the bottom. Wow. Like I've shoveled poop behind elephants and Ringling Brothers commercials. I've done things I will not confess on camera <laughs> or podcast, but I, I fell in love with it. And, and that 
22 years old. I'm now a lot older. Yeah. And I, I never stopped. It's, it is my passion without a doubt. Even when I retire, I'll still be involved a little bit because yeah. I do the strategy. Uh, I'm the person behind the scenes, like building the plans to make sure that it's successful. I, I am very passionate about it without a doubt. What do, um, so, you know, I, I think that the one thing that I find about marketing and advertising and that type of thing is for somebody who's not in the business, it feels really confusing. So when you talk about even how to be successful in that, what are the things that you find that most people believe about marketing and advertising and what will make them successful versus what is really true that they like, they need to destroy that part of the story and really understand, no, 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 these, these are the things that truly matter. That's a great question. Nobody's ever asked me that. <laughs> so I am of the mindset that any tool in advertising and marketing can work, uh, whether it's a website, whether it's TV, radio, print, digitalized, it doesn't matter. Yeah, they all can work, but without a strategy, it'll fail. Mm. Like there has to be a reason why you're using the tool and not every tool will work for every business. And mm. that's the part that I think that companies don't understand. Like I've literally been in front of pretty large companies that say, oh, it just doesn't work for us. It's not working because there's no real strategy. It's, they haven't picked the right mix of tools that'll work for them specifically to speak to their audience. Mm. That's probably the number one thing that we see in every client. When we, when we inherit a company, those are the challenges that we come across. And sometimes all we need to do is course, same budget, same media. We just make a couple of tweaks and all of a sudden they're skyrocketing. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's a real common issue in our world. And they also don't know the difference between advertising and marketing. That's another podcast. <laughs> I almost want to ask. Okay. So I don't know I'll, that I, don't know that I completely the, know the difference. I'll give you the, the, the one-on-one of it. The real short is uh, advertising is you take a certain amount of money and you spread it out to your entire geographic to get your message out there, your brand out there. And marketing is much more purposeful. It's almost like you're taking that same money and handing it to a specific target market. Mm. It, it is, is very focused. So this kind of a thing, a podcast can be considered a very targeted marketing tool, depending on who you're going after. Yeah. If your listenership is a specific audience, advertising is taking it on a much bigger scale. So radio, for example, will hit a bigger, broader mix of people while the podcast may be more specific to a certain type of listenership. Mm. I don't know that mm. resonates. And so when you build out a marketing strategy, you have to separate the advertising and the marketing. You have to create uh, what's called verticals for a company. Like everybody has more than one thing that they do. Yeah. So the more specific you can get, and the more purposeful you can get, the more result you get back. Too many people just throw it out there and say, go, and hope that it works, but it just doesn't work that way in our world. Yeah. yeah. But enough about advertising and marketing. <laughs> so your wife is pregnant. You was, don't have a job. Don't say is. <laughs> don't no, say. No, your wife was pregnant. I'm going, I'm going back to this date. Right? Oh, okay. Your wife was pregnant. Yes. You, do, you don't have work. You're, you're for, I love to use this example for a lot of entrepreneurs. It's like, what does entrepreneurship feel like? I was like, well, I feel like I can relate to Peter when God called him out of the boat. That's it. It feels like getting out of a very comfortable boat. It's a little bit between Peter and Job. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on where you are. Yeah, no, absolutely. So 
again, the show is redefining success. Let's kind of go back to that moment where you're like, okay, I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to follow God's leading and, and, and go start this business. What are some of maybe some of the big lessons or big obstacles you faced along the way of what you thought success looked like in starting this business versus what God really taught you it was along the way? Oh, gosh, I really wish you didn't ask me that question. <laughs> oh, early, early on, uh, God, I, I'm stubborn. So God has to hit me over the head pretty hard in general. And when um, I'm going to say we're two years in business and we're start, we were the new kids on the block and we're doing really well. But I needed to grow and I needed to hire the right people. And, you know, that's a challenge in itself. We had a fairly large account that decided to stop paying their bills. And uh, it made it a very big challenge for us for a period of time. So when um, I was torn between what does God want me to do here and what do I want to do? And then what does my accountant want me to do? And you know, there's all these other people in your ear and variations. Um, it came down to doing the right thing. So I did the right thing by the client. I did the right thing by us at the same time by saying, we have to stop until you get caught up in paying your bills. And they're like, oh my gosh, you can't stop. And uh, we'll, we'll get caught up. I said, no, it was a very large medical client. They had the money. Mm. I said, You're, we're not a bank. You need to get caught up. So that was the very first time I was in that situation because until then we were clear sailing. So right. all of a sudden I had to be in the hot seat and deal with a tough situation. But as I came up in the industry, I was a producer and executive producer. I've been in the hot seat, so I get it. This was talking specifically about money. And it's the, the, the biggest lesson I learned early on was to talk about money early and, mm -hmm. and be upfront about it, be straight about it. It's a part of doing business. It's just a transaction. The relationship is long-term. Money is just a transaction. So I got them to understand. They, they eventually pay their bills. We did have to let them go which was very difficult because they were a large account. I said, yeah. but if you're going to be this way, I'm going to cut you off. We're going to part ways and you are going to pay the balance of this money, which they did. That taught me a lot. And it actually, I revamped the company. Whereas we didn't, uh, if you know the industry, uh, there's gross or billing net, right? So we were billing gross at that time. I switched our model to net billing, meaning the media buy. When we buy media, uh, we build net directly to client. So I was not fiscally responsible for the media buy, yep. which made our life a lot easier, mm. but it hurt us long-term. Now this is, so this is my, I'm giving you both my life lessons because you'll ask yeah. me later and I'm just going to get it all out. So uh, I'm in C12, which is an international organization of, I think that Eric, that's how we connected. Yep. Yep. I'm in C12 right. as well. Right. I love C12. Yeah. So my, the chair of my group, we were talking about my finances and this is just a year, a uh, year and a half ago. One of the hardest lessons I learned now, 15 years later. Now, remember yeah. I started, I, I changed the model to net and here we're working all these years. And he looks at my numbers and he goes, huh? He goes, your margins are kind of tight. I said a little bit, but you know, we make money. He goes, but do you? And he said, he says, he said the, the most valuable thing I probably will ever have in my life that didn't come from the Bible. He leaned across the table and said, James, you do know that it's okay that you make money, mm -hmm. that God honors that. Because if you do it ethically and honestly, and I went, huh. <laughs> I went home that night, I had to sleep on it. And 
I, I crunched some numbers and I, I've been billing net for so many years. And we did it because when I was corporate, um, ad agencies tend to overbill mm. in, in general, especially the bigger ones. I didn't like that. I thought it was unethical. You know, they make as much margin as they possibly can. They build gross and then they charge an agency fee on top of that. And then, uh, so if you gave me a million dollars to buy media, it's only going to cost me about 600,000 because I'm really good at what I do. I put that 400 in my pocket. Mm. I found that to be unethical. So yeah. what Media Vision does is we give that 400 back to the client or we put it back into the marketing to give them more value. I think that's ethical. We still operate like that today, but as of a year and a half ago, we switched back to a gross model. Mm. So we have more profit. The client doesn't lose anything. They still, I still get to do it ethically and honestly, but for about 15, 16 years, I was not making as much money in the company as I could have been making still honoring God. Yeah. You know I mean? It was probably an epiphany that happened that I'm waving C12 flags really loud. And <laughs> you know, I'm in love with my chair because he helped me tremendously. Yeah. And he's, you know, you know, chairs in C12 don't act as a consultant. They're just a mirror. He said, you knew the answer. You just didn't like it. <laughs> you were afraid of it. Right. So I don't know if that helps anybody that's listening that it's okay to make money. Just be honest and ethical and do it with integrity and, and honor God. Well, so this is an interesting, I'm going to maybe take you someplace and we'll see what God does and what you think about these questions. Um, well, it's we'll interesting to me because I do find this struggle for business owners that there appears to be a culture, maybe it comes from the church, maybe it comes from somewhere else, that there's this balance between being prosperous inside a business versus being humble and more careful on that, right? You know, you go back to kind of the scriptural idea of, you know, not making an idol out of money. Uh, you know, the, the root of all money, the love of money is the root of all evil. And sometimes I think it gets into our spirits, especially as business owners, we've got to be cautionary of that we get this idea that money is the root of all evil. And we get a lot. So, a lot of, I think what I love about what you're saying is sometimes the definition of redefining success is we're chasing too much of the wrong thing. But what I just heard you say that I think could be very valuable for a lot of our listeners is also be careful that we're not rejecting a blessing that God wants to give to us because our theology is wrong. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Yes. You know, and love is the number one, the most used word in the Bible is love, right? Yeah. You know, what's the second? It's actually money. Yeah, right. Which is hysterical. <laughs> you know, so he clearly is preparing us, knowing that it's a it's a necessary evil in a sense. And but if you can find that balance, it's great. I have struggled with that. I mean, I'm a you can call me a new Christian. I'm saved uh, twenty years, twenty so years, roughly, okay. uh, in my walk. Uh, before that, I was Catholic. Don't judge. <laughs> I got great Catholic listeners and some great Catholic friends, especially here in South Louisiana. So you're awesome. Good. Awesome. Me too. I, I found some charismatic Catholics, man, that they're, they're more on fire than some Christians that I know. Absolutely. So um, on this journey, uh, he has taught me a lot and I've been humbled more times than I can count without a doubt. And the business, I, I gave him the business probably three years in or so I said, listen, this is yours. Mm. You, you do what you want. And you tell me where we're going to go in uh, then the recession hit about a year later. 
(laughs) So I said, okay. And this is probably my favorite, most horrible story that I'm going to share with you, at least publicly. Uh, The recession, we took a $1.2 million net hit overnight. Oh, it was like, yeah, my accountant, like, just go bankrupt. Declare bankruptcy. We owed like 350K. And he said, you can walk away, change the name, come back the next day and still be in business and be fine. And while that financially was probably a great idea, <laughs> mathematically, I couldn't do that. Yeah. And, and he and I, um, we fought about it and I struggled with it and said, I need to honor mm. this and I need to do the right thing by the people because those people I'm still doing business with. Yeah. I said, how can I look them in the eye tomorrow and still be in business? And, and just because legally I can walk away from the debt, I can't do that. So I didn't. And it took us over three years to eliminate that. But we honored it and we fought and all the profit went back to paying that off and kept the business open. In hindsight, was it the best decision? A business person would probably say, heck no. Yep. Um, but I would do it again. I think because God honored that, um, I still have those relationships. Uh, it, it was definitely a testament to our integrity as a company. You know, and it was probably the hardest thing we ever went through. So it taught me a lot. How old were your kids when that happened? <laughs> my youngest was born that year. Okay. And my, other, my others were uh, three and five. Mm. So it was fun, fun times. Yeah. Rolling quarters. You know, it was, it was, it was the hardest time in the company. Um, we had a cut, we had 10 employees at the time. We had to cut half our staff because the overhead was too much. Um, they were, I have laid off hundreds of people in my career. Those five were the hardest five to have to let go because they didn't mm. deserve it. Yeah. It was a tough time, but it taught me a lot. And it, it we became a more versatile company. Um, we're more vers- diversified now. We have different types of industries so that if something outside these walls hurts us inside our walls, we're still solvent, mm. you know, like there's this thing going on in the world right now that we probably should be aware of <laughs> that, that may cause some financial angst for some people. Yeah. We should be okay. going. Through. Yeah. Um, I'm going to maybe ask you another question. Nobody's asked you, but what did that, I mean, you're talking about 1.2 million, right? Yeah, that you're you're staring. Everybody else is telling you, "Hey, this is you know you can walk away from this. No big deal." That's that's the world's definition of success. Is look out for you. But what did this teach you about your relationship with your wife and your kids, and your relationship with God through the season of making that choice of integrity? Wow, <laughs> these are good. It was my immediate reaction when it happened was I have to protect my family mm. and I have to, how do I help them? But, you know, one side of me was saying, well, financially, it'll be easier on me to do that. But what am I teaching my family if I went in that direction? Yeah. What am I leaving behind to my children? Yes. And it's funny, my, my, uh, it came back around recently and one of, at the dinner table, one of my kids said, he goes, dad, you, you probably, y'all would be wealthy, like millionaire wealthy if you had made different decisions. And I said, maybe it's possible. Yeah. He said, but you're still fine. I said, yep, we are. 
And he like processed this, you know? <laughs> so it's, uh, if I stayed corporate, if we lived in New York City and decided to raise the kids in the city, yes, we would both, but they'd be raised with nannies and different lifestyle. And we wouldn't have had, we wouldn't have spoken to their lives as we were able to do mm-hmm. with them. And on the, on the business side, the same thing. So the moment you just asked me about all of that went through my head at that time. And I said, how do I do the right thing? And, and it, it was a no brainer. I had to do that. Mm. I didn't want to, I really didn't. I, I knew what was about to happen because we went through some tough times for a few years, uh, but I knew it was the right choice to make for them. To me, that's the legacy. It wasn't just about money and leaving them an inheritance of, of physical money. Yeah. It was about a legacy of reputation and integrity, and which is much more important in life. Well, that's, I mean, you look over my corner. That's, I mean, my, my mission is to redefine success by helping families find the intersection of family and finance. And my, what, just, what frustrates me the most is everyone thinks that the impact and generational prosperity we want to create comes from the financial side. And what I love about what you just said is the proof, right, that it's, it's family. It's about the impact you make on the relationships and the impact that you make on the people. Um, I, I'm going to say it, um, I'm going to paraphrase King Solomon, but he basically says, if you leave money, it may be fleeting, but if you leave wisdom, they'll probably figure out how to make money, you know? All right, and exactly. What you're, what you're talking about is leaving wisdom. That's so powerful. <clears throat> Very true. Powerful. Um, What I'm going to go back to that same question because you, I loved your answer about family. But during that time, especially, I've got to imagine there were some nights you didn't sleep. I've got to imagine there's some nights you're like, God, really? I mean, we could just declare bankruptcy. I mean, I understand I'm living in integrity, but I mean, it says we can't. What did you learn about God through? that period of, again, living in integrity while the rest of the world is saying, no, 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 just file bankruptcy. So he was there no matter what. Mm. And that's the easy answer. And the harder answer is, uh, so my wife works in the business. And part of the challenge that happened back then, she was in the day-to-day finances. And her and my accountant, not, not my CPA, my accountant, decided that, hey, it's okay not to pay your federal taxes for a few months. IRS doesn't like that, just for the record. Just want to clarify this. You're listening. Um, And it's okay. Uh, We'll pay out of pocket for a while. Our overhead was insane. 10 employees, physical location. And we, I I think it was like 35K a month. And we were paying that out of our own personal finances for a while, uh, three, four months. And one day, the way I found out about the bomb that had burst was, that, hey, I'm going to take uh, petty cash out of the company to go do this thing um, on my trip. Uh, don't, no, don't do that. I said, all right, I'll just take it out of personal if, if, if we're running kind of lean. Sit down. <laughs> That's how I found out. Uh, mm. So I share that, and it's awkward to share it because it looks like I'm putting blame on my wife. And at first, I probably was. Mm. And... I was like, you made choices without me and put us in a very difficult position. And I blamed her for a period of time. And my marriage was strained for a while. Um, God was the only thing that got us through it together. I mean, we were talking to people separately. We were talking to our pastor together. We were, we were in all kinds of intense fellowship, as I call it. Yeah. 
And it took me about, and it wasn't her, it was me. It took me about two years to give her the grace to say it was us, it wasn't you. I mean, you made choices and you made bad choices. You have to learn from that mistake. And I put too much on you to put you in that chair to do that. So I need to take some of that off of you. And it was a really difficult learning experience, but God helped us through the entire process. And if it wasn't for God in our life, we probably wouldn't have gotten through it. Because hmm. my gut every day was like, I can just walk away. I'm just going to divorce my wife. And I can't believe she did that to us. And, you know, well, I have kids. I can't do that. Well, yes, I can. I, <laughs> you know, it was, it was a, a massive struggle for a couple of years. That, that recession really did a lot of damage to us. Like, well, but I want to just um, you know, recognize your faithfulness because here's what, here's the reason that this entire idea of redefining success is so important to me, right? Is so you can look back today and you can see the entire journey of where God was and where your marriage is today and where your kids are today and the lessons that they've learned. Right. But so many times the temptation of the world to redefine success says, well, I mean, just file bankruptcy, A, B, you know, you got to a rough spot, divorce your wife, um, you know, go on. And no one ever plays the movie of how that ends up of being, you know, getting out of alignment of what God's true definition of success. Sometimes the greatest lesson God ever teaches us is doing what he wants us to do. Does not make sense at times? It's Until true. you can look backwards. It's true. And unfortunately, I'm the kind of person that needs the burning bush to get his message. So I have to get hit very hard to make a course correction because I believe everything is fine. And he's, he, you know, he shows you what's the, the old story about the guy drowning in the ocean. And, you know, right. he prays up to God, you know, send me something. And he sent a boat comes by, Hey, need he help? No, I'm waiting for God. <laughs> right. you know, it, it's kind of like that. I'm that yeah. person. Uh, so hard things have to happen to me. And I'm definitely getting better and better at it, you know, over in my journey. I, so I take less hard hits, but that time was a, um, a very big eye opener for us. Yeah. And we're about to be married 25 years. Oh, awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. That's a big deal. Um, it's kind of funny, especially raising kids. I'll just share this really quick. And then uh, I got one other question I want to ask you, but is, um, you know, that, that why it's like, why did it take me so long to figure this part out? Like, if I would have just known this in my 20s, wouldn't life have been a lot easier? <laughs> you know, very true. And, you watch and your our kids grandparents make... told us that when we were kids, right? Like, exactly. Right. And then I watch my like, kids, yeah, I'm like, right. don't do that. And they're like, no, I'm going to go ahead and do that. And I'm like, oh, that was me. That's yeah. just God holding up a mirror to remember when you were just like this. Oh. Hey, James, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you wanted to share? You know, you, you had, when we talked offline, you would uh, talk about the biggest obstacle. Yeah. I would share with your listeners that the biggest obstacle as a business owner now 20 years has been myself. Mm. So the story that I shared about net versus gross, that's what I meant. Like I was in the way of the company's growth. And I didn't even see it. I thought here, I thought I was doing the right thing. I'm honoring God. I'm, I'm billing. I'm being fair to my clients. And it's all well and good to be fair. Because when, when you think about um, uh, like, like the lessons learned, 
I just lost it. I look at that if we treat everyone equally, mm-hmm. um, it, it's, it, it's a great experience because no matter what they can give you, just treat everybody the same way. And that, that was a hard lesson learning in business. But one of the, the counters to that is people won't always do the right thing by you. Mm-hmm. They won't. And as long as you still do the right thing by them, you're honoring God, you're honoring yourself, you're doing the right thing in business. I felt like I was in the way along the journey because I worked so hard to use my business as a ministry that sometimes I forget that I have to run the business, Mm. um, the behind the scenes part, which is the part that I really don't like anyway as a business owner, right? Most entrepreneurs, you go into business, you're good at what you do and you hate doing the other stuff. But the hardest lesson learned is to do the stuff that you have to do to make the business grow. Otherwise, if your business is failing, it's not really honoring God. God, it's not a good witness to anybody, including yourself. So I was in the way most of the time. Mm. Mm. If, that, if that is something to share. Yeah, no, I, I, I resonate with that. I, I yeah. feel the reflection of that back at me. Yeah. Um, you know, learning to get out of the way. Yep. Um, so tell the audience a little bit about like, so you've got, a book coming out. You said it's at the editor right now. You've got a podcast coming out. So as people kind of want to follow and keep up to date with what you're going on, tell them about those. And then what's the best way to kind of contact you or to stay in touch with the things that you do? So the book is called Smart Marketing. Um, It should be out in the fall. We're working real hard to get it done. Um, We'll see if that actually comes to fruition. Uh, Sooner than later, we're launching our podcast called The Marketing Perspective. Uh, it's so kind who of needs top- the book and who needs to be listening to your podcast. So the book is very, uh, it's, it's constant. Um, if you, if you read the book, you could probably do your own marketing and advertising. Mm-hmm. It's chock full of chapter by chapter. It's lessons on how to do every single detail that happens in the industry. It's a very educational informative book. So it's more for an entrepreneur that wants to do marketing themselves. Uh, the podcast is for everyone, every, any kind of business owner that's interested in marketing. It's, it's story driven. So I'd, I'd love to, if we have a few minutes, I'd love to leave you with a story. Yeah. Do we have, do we have a couple minutes? Oh yeah, no, um, please. So back, back in the day, I, had, I produced the Monique Muffler commercials and with George Foreman. And I was on, on set with Mr. Foreman in Houston because he never leaves Houston, Texas. Uh, so we all, always had to go to him. And it was like a five-day shoot, and it was in the middle, and it was raining because you used to wait five minutes, right. and you never know. And we're sitting on the back of the truck, and I, I felt the confidence. Now, I'm the executive producer, but George is George. And I felt confident enough to ask him the proverbial question that you're all thinking. He names all his kids George. Yeah. George, Georgetta, Georgina, it's all George. So I, I had to ask because the, whole, the, the crew, the, they're all buzzing and like, ask the question. So I asked the question waiting to duck. And he was, he's a humble man. He is a pastor. I don't know if you're aware of that. And he said, because it's the only thing I have to give them. Mm. And I, went, I said, okay, I, everybody leaves their name. I get it. But you're famous and you're leaving them that he goes, no, it's, I've worked really hard. I've, I've been a person of integrity. Um, it, his industry is a tough industry and they make a lot of compromise decisions in that world, just like in marketing. And he said, it's all I have. And then the same day he got the phone call for the George Foreman grill. This is back in 2000. Wow. Yeah. And by the way, his name was worth $135 million that day. <laughs> wow. So 
I, I, I use it as a, a brand equity story. So you, like know what your brand is worth. Like yeah. his brand was worth quite a bit of money, but in his mind, it wasn't about the money. It was about the integrity, mm-hmm. which is kind of what we've been talking about most of this episode, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So stories like that are in my podcast. Like I have a lot of, I'm in the industry a long time. So I have a lot of those kind of stories and I try to use the stories as life lessons, both as marketing and in life. You know, all from a marketing perspective. So that's what that's what the show is about. Um, I have a lot of fun guests. Um, I'm hopefully I can drag Eric on our show at some point. I love I think. that. We'd be honored. And that's that. And then um, I wanted to give something back today. Yeah. Um, we so the way to to find out if you want to get my information, I'm gonna I can put a link if you want to. I can put a link in the chat, or you you can yeah, or send it to me, and we'll put it in the show notes. Okay, gotcha. So I'll do that. I'll get you the link. But it's a link to a, a deck. It's called Marketing in Focus. Okay. It's a, it's a workbook. And if you go through the process, it's probably 20, 25 pages. You can build out your own marketing plan. Wow. Wow. So there's, like, there's like a stereotypical download a marketing plan kind of thing. We don't do that. We, we educate how to do it a little bit differently. And we, it's a deeper dive. Mm-hmm. So all the questions and all the work in there, if you really go through it, you can have a full working marketing plan for yourself. Wow. If you're an entrepreneur, this is, I think it's invaluable. Absolutely. And on top of that, if you have questions, if you, if you get stuck at a certain point, my email's there, you can reach out. I'm happy to give you an answer. Oh. We can jump on a quick Zoom call. I'm happy to do it for you. James, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You knew this final question was coming. So I'm going to ask in three generations, what do you hope your great grandchildren remember about you? I want them to know that I was a man of God Mm. and uh, the life lessons I learned growing up were all to take me to the place that I'm at now. Mm. And some of those lessons I've passed on to my children and hopefully they pass them on to their children that I've done everything to in my power with integrity Mm. that I, that was more important so that when I was backed against the wall, I made the right decision and not, not hurt anyone else and um, that the business that we've created is his and that my children are his. Mm. My children do walk that walk. I hope that they continue that into, that is the true legacy that carries generation by generation. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. James, it's been an honor. It's been a joy having you on today. Thanks so much for making the time. And for being real and authentic and just sharing your story. I really appreciate it. You have asked some very hard questions. And (laughs) I hope I can return the favor. (laughs) That's my job. And then if you get to know me, I'm I'm pretty open and vulnerable. So you can, I I don't ask questions I'm not willing to answer. Let's say that. So I, I give you that as a bit of a teaser. So thank you again for being so much on the show. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always. I hope you grab an extra burger on your way out because I've cooked too many. Um, so God bless you. Have a great day. Eric L. Dunavit here. Thank you so much for joining us for Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. If you're a business owner or a family who is actively redefining success or have thoughts on kingdom impact or generational prosperity, and you would like to be a guest on the show, then I invite you to apply. 
visit www.ericldunovant.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to share that either through text or social media. Take a screenshot of the show and share that and share what you learned. If you know anyone that should be a guest on our show, we would also love for you to connect us to them. The best way to do that is to use hashtag redefining success. I love to read your thoughts and shares on social media. And we also are honored just to get any recommendations of people that you think we should be interviewing on the show. We are constantly adding new content, adding new podcasts. So first and foremost, I'm going to recommend that you subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Also, you, all of your likes, your reviews, your shares, all of that makes a big difference to the show. So if you'll include those when you can, we definitely appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, visit www.ericl360.com and all of my connections to social and other ways to get in touch with me are there. This is Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist, signing off. Until next time.